see today's photo, go to mtforchrist.org or follow me, M.T. Clark, on Facebook or Twitter. Today, uh, good morning. <laughs> today's photo of a sea-foamed litter coastline of Wabasso Beach, Florida, under a golden late afternoon sunset, comes to us from a friend who wasn't content with the rest and rust of retirement and decided they wanted to be more mobile in the aftermath of the COVID-19 pandemic. When the world would have said that it was a good, a good thing to have a secluded home in the holler of a Kentucky countryside, our friend may have decided that one man's safety was another man's sanitarium. So he sold the house and packed up all his earthly possessions and is following where the spirit leads him and is sharing the views along the way. This one view caused one of his friends to comment, God makes the most beautiful paintings for you to capture and share. My friend's appreciation for life and creation has led another to rightly identify God's handiwork and the joy and peace that comes from basking in its wonder. The reason I share photos of God's creation is to show people some evidence of God's handiwork and to cause them to consider where it all came from and where they will go into eternity. I show these paintings of God that I, I and my friends capture to draw people to get to know the artist and to seek to have peace with him. Many people's concept of God is that of a condemning judge and tyrant. But I ask you, when you bask in the wonders of his creation, do you feel judged or do you feel called to rest and find peace? This feeling of peace, wonder, and sometimes fear that comes to us when we find moments of peaceful contemplation in nature is the result of us connecting with the mystery of creation and by coming close to the Creator. This Creator, who invites us to enjoy His creation, also calls us to have peace with Him. God so loved the world that He sent Jesus to reconcile us to Him. And as John 3.17 tells us, God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. God loved us enough to suspend the penalty of our sin if we would only declare ourselves to be his by putting our faith in Christ. So I attempt to reconcile people's preconceived notions about God, what the Bible says, and their view of organized religion by asking them to consider creation their own mortality, and the person of Jesus Christ. When we consider these three things, we can put aside the offenses that we have suffered at the hands of mankind who misrepresented God's kingdom through ignorance, malice, or as unwitting victims of the enemy or their own self-righteousness. Whenever the theological or philosophical debates get heated or overly intellectual, I ask the question, what do you think about Jesus Christ? Is he the Messiah? Is he your Lord and Savior? The answer to that last question tells me everything. It's a true-false question. Either you think Jesus is who he said he was, or you don't. You either think he is true, or you think he is false. And this isn't a two-part question. You can't honestly think that A, he is the Messiah, but B, I haven't made him Lord and Savior. The honest acknowledgement or revelation of the truth of the first clause that Jesus is the Messiah would automatically result in acceptance of the second clause, that you make him your Lord and Savior. This isn't a theological debate. This is life and death. This is eternal life and the forgiveness of sins. 
You can't know that Christ is the Messiah without making him your Lord and Savior. Not really, because the knowledge of Jesus as Messiah is a supernatural thing. While the gospel of Jesus Christ does have its own logic, it doesn't make any logical sense in the laboratory of man's reasoning. There doesn't seem to be a clear cause-and-effect relationship between Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and my eternal destiny. So when you finally see it or understand it, we know that God has revealed it to us. We don't figure this one out on our own. In everything that matters, your entire life and future de destiny depends on the answer. If you don't think that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and God the Son, whose life, death, and resurrection affects the eternal, eternal destiny of all mankind, and you personally, because you haven't made him your Lord and Savior, then your answer is false. You can say all the nice things you care to, if you would even bother, but ultimately your platitudes without a personal decision to make Christ your Lord and Savior is as equal to the answer of an atheist that would deny the existence of a creator, God the Father, as well as the Son, or a Satanist who would, that would choose to worship the devil. If your answer is false, I pray for the Lord to reveal to you the truth. I was on the outside in a world of rebellious self-sufficiency once myself, and was utterly lost and in opposition to all that was considered good or wholesome. So I know that there is hope for you. Seek the Lord, and you will find him. Seek the truth, and you will realize that Jesus is the truth, the way, and the life, and no one comes to the God without him. But if your answer is true, I praise the Lord that he has shown you that Jesus is who he said he is. His life, death, and resurrection has meaning for all of us, and when we put our faith in him, we receive a new and eternal life. Now, I don't mean to be difficult uh, <laughs> now, but I would ask those who answered true and know and or think you know that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I would invite you to grab a hold of your identity in Christ and make your yes be yes and your amen be amen by showing the world, but perhaps most importantly yourself, that you actually believe in Jesus Christ by making the daily decision to follow him by walking and talking with God and by sharing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ in everything you do. The reason why so many Christians are not enjoying a life that is defined by peace is because they aren't following the Lord and living out their life in Christ. To be honest, I don't even think they know that a life of peace and joy that comes from our freedom in Christ is an option. I don't think they know that they, they know that a life of peace is even possible, but with God, of course, it is. The path of Christian discipleship requires a commitment to decide that we will believe God and show our belief by living in his presence and according to his wisdom. It is a paradigm shift of massive proportions to reject the world's hopeless narrative of death and meaninglessness, but when we choose to believe the word of God and live out our life for the Lord's purposes, we live in the hope that comes from knowing that the very creator of the universe knows us, has called us to be with him, and will be with us always. So be true to your true answer. Be a real Christian by living out your faith 24-7. It doesn't take much to live in the presence of the Lord on a continual basis. 
you just have to open your eyes to his handiwork and his goodness. You just need to remind yourself of what he has done for you, who you are in Christ, and thank him. And you just have to agree to disagree with the world of darkness that is perishing and instead decide to walk in the light of the kingdom of God that is here now and will one day be revealed for all to see. Today's Bible verse comes to us from the New Living Translation Bible Promise Book for Men. This morning's meditation verses are 2 Corinthians 9, 7, and 8. And they say, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Today's verse, uh, verses address the topic of giving and, real, and reveal something that may or may not be expressed by the leadership of the local church. A personal decision. Uh, the topic of giving is a tough one. Just as the gospel of Jesus Christ has its own logic, but may be hard to convince others of the wisdom of its personal application, giving must be a decision we make for ourselves. Don't, reluctant, don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. I restate that part of today's verses because if we are honest, we receive a fair amount of pressure to give to various charities, causes in the local church. People just asking for donation tithes or offerings for anything is pressure. And we could all be somewhat reluctant when it comes to giving from what we have worked for. This is where we need to renew our minds. If we understand that God has made us and provided everything we have, we should be generous to share what we have. The world teaches the opposite, to hold on to everything and not to squander what we have we have by giving it away. So we must choose to reject our worldly wisdom and choose to trust in the Lord when he indicates that we are to give cheerfully and to not use our non-cheerful disposition as an excuse not to give. If we have been forgiven of our sins and know we have eternal life, we should be cheerful. So I look at giving as an invitation to maturity, an invitation to obedience to God's will. We need to renew our minds in all the areas of our lives to reflect an attitude of submission to God's wisdom in ways that is characterized by a, if God commands it, I will do it attitude. The more opposition we have to obeying the things that God indicates we should do, the more we separate ourselves from him and what he wants us to have. What does he want us to have from giving? Freedom. He wants he wants us to live within our means so we can freely give. He wants us to not be in bondage to finances or to personal debt. He wants us to rely on him. He wants us to bless others. He wants us to support his work on the earth. When we hold back in giving or in any other areas of our walk with God, we are not enjoying what God wants us to have, a life that is dependent upon him and free of the enslavement of the world. So believe the second verse that we are sharing today. Believe that God will generously provide all you need. When we truly believe that, and we can, when we truly believe that, and we can, we can because he has provided for us in the past, and he will be faithful to do so in the future, we can be a cheerful giver. 
in Christ, we have been given an eternal life. And I'm pretty sure we will be entering eternity empty-handed. God is going to have to spot us for all eternity because we don't take our money with us. So while we are here, let's decide to be wise with our money and all our skills, talents, and resources and choose to use it all for his glory rather than ours. Give, it, give to who you want in whatever amount you want. But when you do, when you do give, do it cheerfully and with the assurance that God will provide for all your needs on earth, just as he will for all eternity. As always, I invite all to go to mtforchrist.org, where I always share insights from prominent Christian theologians and counselors to assist my brothers and sisters in Christ with their walk. Today we continue sh sharing from John Piper's Don't Waste Your Life. And today... Um, well, we just continue sharing from that work. Um, you know, there's John Piper's, you know, a Christian theologian, and he has a lot to say about uh, our faith and uh, his journey uh, with Christ. Um, today, he makes comments regarding uh, uh, some Beatles, uh, Beatles songs, uh, the Beatles songs, uh, Nowhere Man and, and Bob Dylan's Blowing in the Wind. So if that raises your interest, uh, check it out. See what, see what uh, John Piper has to say about his experiences with those songs and his growing up and uh, what they have to say about his faith. Uh, the, the, the book, Don't Waste Your Life, is all about. Um, realizing that the, the best use of our life is to glorify God. And, uh, you know, so uh, enjoy that resource. And as I said, you can find that resource online for free in some instances. And uh, if you want a paper copy of the book, I saw versions for it for less than $5. So if you want to check it out, you can go to anywhere online and search for Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. We encourage that, you know, as, if we're going to renew our mind, we have to, you know, be thinking thinking about God. We have to be walking and talking with God. We have to be in his word and trying to live in the context of who we are in Christ. And when we do that, wow, we find peace, joy, and uh, we grow in our faith and we surrender the things of this world that don't matter and grab a hold of, of who we are in Christ and experience, you know, the fruit of the spirit in our life by walking in the spirit. So we encourage that walk. And, uh, you know, it's not easy, and not a lot of people get the teaching on, on this stuff. Um, so that's why we do the podcast, to share the good news and to encourage people in their in their faith walk on a daily basis. Um, we share we encourage that by sharing our discipleship classes. Uh, they're on the podcast and the blog. Well, on the podcast for sure, and on the YouTube channel, uh, MT for Christ 24-7, um, for your viewing slash listening pleasure, they're just podcast audio, that is, um, you're not going to see my face yet, um, but uh, if you'd like to check out those, they're, they're on there, and they're under the headings of Victory Over the Darkness, The Bondage Breaker, and Freedom in Christ. Those teachings are all based on the Word of God and the, the work of Dr. Neil Anderson, and they are... They are transformative in nature, so I encourage people to check them out and apply the, the knowledge to their lives. Um, we also revere the Word of God. Uh, His Word is truth, and we are sanctified by it, as the Word says. Um, so we, we study the Word daily, and um, we encourage people to do that by sharing our Bible study that we do once a week, uh, Bible study discussion with uh, Arthur and Susanna Sincati. That's on the podcast and the blog. All the outlines are there. 
Um, you can see them on mtforchrist.org by searching for Bible study with the Zincotis. And in each outline, there's a, a, a link to the podcast. So you could read the outline and listen along as uh, we go through it and see all the things we talk about that are off of the sheet. Um, so we encourage, encourage you to do, the, to do that and whatever encourages you in your faith. Um, well, it's Tuesday of Holy Week. Um, I had a bunch of stuff I was going to write, but then, you know, the Lord moves me in another way about that. I would say to uh, Google Holy Tuesday, and uh, there's various scriptures today that they recommend. Isaiah 49, 1 through 7, um, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31, and John 12, 20 through 36. And that's right off of Wikipedia for under Holy Tuesday. Um, the Roman Catholic Church and uh, the Protestant churches basically are in agreement on those verses for today uh, as something they shared uh, or something to reflect on for Holy Tuesday. So if you wanted to do a Bible study, there you go. Uh, Isaiah 49, 1 through 7. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31, and John 12, 20 through 36. I'm going to see if I can get around to that sometime today, um, as well as other things uh, like work. So let's let's pray because we need the Lord with us every day. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for another day in your kingdom. Thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ that you showed us uh, the truth too, and we could say true when when we were asked, "Is Jesus the Messiah?" and do we make him our Lord and Savior? By answering true, we don't just agree with it in principle; we agree with it in spirit and truth. By walking in the Spirit, by surrendering our lives to you, because your way is the good way. You know, you're the truth, the way, and the life. And when we walk in it, we we discover uh, the peace that that is possible through a walk in the Spirit. Lord, we pray for you to help us in that walk today. We pray for you to be beside us in that walk today. And we pray for the people listening today, Lord, that you would come alongside their prayer requests and um, and, and them in their walk and their struggles uh, through this world. Um, Lord, when, when we know you're with us, we know no one's against us. And so let us remember um, who we are in Christ and that you're always present for us to talk to. Um, Lord, we just pray for you to go before us today. We pray for you to anoint us with the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the things you want us to see and what we read and study and, and, and in the world. And we pray for you to lead us into the things we should do and to make us skillful in the things we do today, Lord. Um, we know that you can guide us and, and lead us in the way we should go. Um, so we ask you to do all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.